Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. An Erio's original. <laughs> Paul lives to cry. I, I like he crying. He loves being moved. Yes. And he gets moved so easily. I want to be moved. <laughs> That's true. He. We watched The Parent Trap last night. Paul cried. Uh, yeah, but I was surprised by the lack of crying, and I wanted more. My guest today on Filling the Void is Paul Rust. Claimed actor, writer, and husband. <laughs> That's what the mug says. <laughs> Paul, thank I feel Thank you for like, having me, my love. <laughs> thank you for doing this. Um, Judy, no. Judy, sit. Um, Judy, sit. Sit down. Um, I think I know what your hobby is. I hope people know that uh, a Judy is our dog, not a relative. <laughs> no. Yeah, Judy's sit our dog. Down, Judy. I don't know what the people know. Frankly, I don't care. <laughs> Judy is a beast of burden. Yeah, Judy's a, a golden doodle, beast of burden. The song Beast of Burden was... Written by her. About writ, her. Written by her <laughs> and about her. It was a self Judy, leave Amanda's song. legs alone. Okay, I think Paul's hobby is the news. The news. Or like... Like Huey Lewis. You're just like always into like scoops. Hmm. That's why they call you scoops. Paul scoops. Not, not because of my rest. favorite uh, chip. <laughs> you know oh, I like the scoops. I thought you were going to say ice cream or something. Oh. Judy. Oh my God. Judy is literally eating Amanda's Judy, ass relax. Out. <laughs> Hold on. No. <laughs> she's... She's... Uh, yeah, the slobbery equipment. We don't want that. And you're going to disentangle something or entangle. Or you can go back to being your calm self yes. if you sit. Why do you think she started acting out right when we started? Our dog out? has been acting out radically lately, and I think it's because... <laughs> My gosh. Our child constantly pulls on her tail and her ears... Yeah. And we stopped walking our dog. We stopped walking yes, her. Yes, yes. So, and well, we didn't walk her that much before. It'd be worse <laughs> if it was the opposite. If after we had a kid, we just cared. More we got about, a dog, and then we started caring more about the dog. That's so funny. <laughs> um, so Judy, the news, you're a good girl. So yeah. So I think Paul's hobby is like the news, but like in. More generally speaking, I think you're into like getting the scoop and giving the scoop. Mm. I think you like s the scoop. The scoop. So getting, giving. Like you're it, obsessed it, with the news. Hmm. That's like, it. There was a certain point in our relationship where I had to ask <laughs> Paul, when we wake up in the morning, like, please don't start with talking about Trump because yes, yes. 
It's my, really my, upsetting to me. Well, because I would start just vocalizing my support every morning. Yeah. And my, you're like, I, I agree, Paul. I also support him. But let's just wait until noon until... Like no- the second we woke up, you would be like, and listen to this. And this was like for a while. And I... Yeah. I un- I needed to know it and I understood it and Paul is my news source but I was like you need to show me like a cute right puppy for- before least- we start going into scoops yes yeah or at least a cute picture of Donald Trump right. first yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes no uh, I get that I understand uh I feel but- I think a lot of people feel that way myself included most often which is like uh, do I have to start the day knowing what's going on with that guy? But, um, and uh, if in case people didn't know that that was in just the support joke, obviously, yeah, because yeah, we're a bunch of libs know. out here in LA. But also, like, like I said, we don't know what the people think. That's true. Maybe we don't care. That's true. Maybe that's what's fun about this podcast filling the void yeah. is that we're filling the void literally and figuratively. Uh, like, I like it. I yeah, don't, we don't have to. I guess the difference is that I don't look at the news. I barely look at the internet. And when I do, it's like best dystopian novels of 2018. Mm -hmm. Like it's not anything that's relevant to anyone. And I also don't read user comments. Uh Not that I have so many, but I don't think you do. I don't know if you do. Yeah. But the, uh, the idea of, using the internet either to be oh it helps me escape or it gives me the fantasy that i'm connected to the world is interesting it gets you riled up is what happens um yeah i I could see that or you know it's also is it like a a thing that i can project into you know it it might Mm. not be it riles me up it's like i have a rylan within me right and news helps me you know right you know give it a place give it a place to go right yeah but i think that's probably true of for most people yeah do you read user comments on things that you put out that have that users are able to comment by the way i don't know if people do people comment on this podcast yeah where well there's apple podcast reviews Uh uh-huh um Yeah, I, I've never read one. I don't plan on it. If they're good comments, thank you. If they're negative, thank you for yeah. listening and having an opinion. It that's good. It, that's a good attitude. I don't want to know. Amy Poehler once said that it's like cutting, <laughs> and I agree. And when I used to do Vice, and used to put Dear Diary online, mm-hmm. um, that was like when the internet comments were first starting so there there wasn't like no one was censoring comments like you didn't need to like prove you weren't a robot or whatever right 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 or there might not have been a uh, they as were much of a culture uh back then as there's that i mean like they, I, they were yeah. awful though i mean oh it, oh when they did i see peop- i see yeah people wrote the meanest like racist anti-semitic like mm. Just cruel, cruel stuff. Things people can hide behind the the anonymity. Yeah. And yeah. it really would get me upset. Yeah. And then Gavin was like, 
the people who are commenting are just like bored Canadian teenagers, teenage boys. <laughs> and so I believed him whether or not that's true. So that when I picture commenters, I picture like bored Canadian teenage boys. And yeah. I don't care. What, no that's offense a good to way, uh... Canadian teenage boys. It just doesn't make a difference. To Martin me Short was a teenage boy once, so we gotta believe that there's some good, yeah, <laughs> good art. <laughs> oh my god, I've never met a Canadian I didn't really like. I don't think I've ever met an Lisa evil Fuller Canadian. Lisa Fuller is a, can- a Canadian, and she's listening to this. <laughs> and she's the she's the greatest. She's the best. Yeah. Oh uh, the problem with reading um, comments and reviews, which I I do do, I do do, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, is or not the problem the quandary is i love before i was making stuff loved reading reviews and comments of either it could be the new yorkers pauline kale Mm -hmm. as a film critic or it could just be reading imdb web board reactions to a movie just because it's fascinating to me to see like what somebody thinks about owen wilson's the big bouts Mm-hmm. Owen Wilson's The Big Bounce. <laughs> yeah, remember that movie? It came out like the early oddies. It was like Elmore Leonard. He's like a Hawaiian private detective or something. I was I just trying no to rec- choose a movie you would never want to know somebody's opinions about. I don't even. I don't even remember that movie, but I like that you yeah, do. Yeah, but the problem is then once you start making stuff, it's hard to then turn yeah. off the thing. Like, oh, I love reading this stuff, and now I can't read it just because it happens to be about me. There are certain reviewers, I guess, like. Matt Zoller sites, mm-hmm. Emily Nussbaum. No, yeah. Yep. And I great. like reading their mm-hmm. reviews. And if they, I don't think they've ever reviewed anything that I've done or that we've done. No, they haven't. But if they had, even if they gave it a bad review, I'd be so honored that it had reached the place That's where true. they were able, that where they were giving it mental space. Yep. That's so, a good way of thinking about it. Yep. Even if they didn't like it, I would still be like, oh, that's cool though. They, it's important enough or it's cool it's like enough if, for, right. some, for them to review it. But It's like if somebody had been uh, viciously impersonated on a, uh, on a variety program, you yeah, would, it's, it's so still cool. flattering because uh, you're, you're in the consciousness enough to be. Right. I think yeah, that's... To be a pariah. <laughs> but I guess yeah. I think it's cool because I've never been on the other side of it. So maybe it would also make me feel bad if somebody or suspected didn't right. oh, whatever. how did robert pattinson feel when people said nasty things about twilight and he read it on the <laughs> on cooldude.com <laughs> message boards <laughs> what if pauline kale gave something that you did a bad review hmm well i know that uh quentin tarantino basically is like pauline kale has been more influential than most filmmakers and she retired the year that his first movie came out and he was like, I was so relieved because I didn't have to like know what she felt about. Right. Uh, I wonder if she would like his movies. Yeah. Probably not. She likes one movie. (laughs) Yentl. No, just kidding. I don't, I don't know what movie she likes. (laughs) What's, isn't there one movie that she likes? I think her, the movie that she was like, it was the biggest experience she had watching the movies was uh, last tango in Paris. Right. Yeah. And she famously or infamously never watched a movie more than once. But if you uh, See, read... he's got the scoops. If you read her books... Well, scoops maybe is if that's a.k.a. boring uh, trivia, then I'm full of scoops. No, but you also... Another one of your hobbies, I think, is like watching 
a single director's canon, right? Mm-hmm. And reading books by or about a director. So you go through these oh, like a cycle of something blocks yeah. of one director and yeah. you'll read books about them and watch all of their movies and it's mm-hmm. usually like the same five, <laughs> five just <laughs> recycled. Can when you? I said cycle, we should have just said recycle. But you like to jump on that train with me sometimes. Yeah, and, I like and, to know the things that you're talking about. So well, let's think of the five directors that you love to talk about the most and read the most about. Or let's see if I can guess. I'm going to say them and tell me if I'm right. If there's people who listen to pod, there's some people who listen to podcasts just to like calm down at the end of the night and fall asleep too. This is prime time when I start talking about a. No, the but five, uh, <laughs> you were listening to it and you weren't you. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, this is right up my alley. Okay. So yeah. never, you never know. Well, we talk about tons of yeah. stuff that's boring <laughs> on here. This is actually one of the oh, less good, boring good, good, good. hobbies. Okay, good. What's the five uh, you would think? De Palma. Yeah. Brian De Palma. So he did just what people Tar- carry. Yeah. He did carry and like a lot of other things. Uh-huh. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Just right now, it's been two Italians. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Probably Italians do it better, so. <laughs> we have sense. shirts that prove that. Right. Um, Spielberg. Yeah. Um, wait, I know it. Uh, wait. Altman? Uh, no. Probably not. Okay. I'd go there a little bit more uh, modern within the last... The like, guy who made Gremlins or something? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Dante. I, I had a big Joe Dante streak where I watched all of his movies like a few months ago. But you wouldn't put him in the top five? Uh, no, you've said... Spielberg, De Palma, De Palma Tarantino. And, yeah. So, you know, like maybe a, a, a David Fincher. We like to oh, yeah. watch his movies a lot. Yeah. And uh, would you like... You would like to read about him. Yes. You've read about him. Yes. And then who's the last? Probably like a Paul Thomas Anderson oh, yeah. or Scorsese is a fun guy. I always. was going to say Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> but Scorsese? Scorsese? I'm like... Scorsese? I have this thing in my head Patrick that like Scorsese. the fact that you, that you like Casino more than Goodfellas, <laughs> I'm like, he doesn't actually like Martin Scorsese. Ah... Uh. I would argue that's the opposite. If you like Casino more than Goodfellas, you do love you you you're a true blue. Maybe Scorsese. Scorsese. I don't even know. I don't know There's... how to say it either. Once a seventh grade teacher said Martin Scorsese, and I was like, I guess he knows. I think that's right. And no, I remember um, Cat McCaffrey from HBO told me that the right way to say it, but I forget. But it's one. I wonder. Of those. I bet it, it's Sessie. I think that's probably. How do you the... say it, Amanda? <laughs> Scorsese. <laughs> Scorsese. That was originally going to be one of the. Um, uh, hey, Scorsese, let me get a meatball. <laughs> uh, you say, um, uh, why am I blanking on the. Uh, when people. That song. Yeah. It was Scorsese and Scorsese. Do you say tomato? No, but that song. I know that oh, song. Oh, but... oh. I say tomato. Doesn't everybody say you tomato? You say things weird sometimes. Uh, I say tomato. I know, but PS. you do say ketchup. Instead Are you of doing ketchup? Yeah, it's ketchup. Mm. Do you do that as a joke? Nope. <laughs> and then when you say potato, you say potato. 
So I heard you saying it to Mary before in the other I room. I said potato. You go potato, and she goes potato. <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck! I gotta get in there. <laughs> uh, I gotta stop this from happening." And then sometimes funny. you say shopping mm. instead of, and you don't like it when people you're instead of shopping. Yeah, it's the I only like thing that, that These you are don't new put. Ones. It's the Not only thing you don't from... put the ing on the end of. That's good. I like these because most often you hear. I've never heard these before. Like I know, I was scared to bring them. But up. not even from. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean from you or from others. I'm just saying I've never heard. Like I've heard the standard ones, like the B A G bag versus bag thing. So actually, it's. I really... don't even know what that issue is. It's bag. Yeah. But... When you say bag, it's wrong. Well, previous guest uh, Dan Harmon has been. Uh, raked over the coals for his pronunciation of, which I also bagel? struggle with, bagel, bagel, bag, bagel. Ba- yeah, bagel. Okay, I say bagel. You say bagel. <laughs> no, wait, what do you say? Bagel. <laughs> Why can't you say it? Well, I just like, overemphasize. Bagel. Bagel. And you also say Jagger. <laughs> yes. Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just like, you know, now you know that. Now wrong. I know, but I didn't know until I was like 24 and I somebody. Know. I thought it was a bit. It, it, it wasn't until I was on the set of 24 when I was 24. No, when I I'm saw you do this. a sketch or a skit or something. Yeah, like a funny or die video. And, and somebody was the like. joke of the bit that was that yeah. you were saying Mick Jagger. Well, speaking of user comments. That was Ooh. that's all through the user comments is people going. It's so funny that he says he's a huge fan of his, but he d- can't pronounce his last name. What a funny joke! And I'm like, that was not a digital. Never. I was going to say take that to your grave, but it's talking too late. some funny or die comments from eleven, twelve years ago. You know how how meaningful they are to me. Clearly, that I just uh, do you go back it. and look at comments from. Yes. yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. From stuff you did 10 or 12 years ago. People yes. still comment on that stuff? Yeah, or I'll read a comment from 10 years ago and just revisit it. Oh, my God. Like an old And you'll be like, this wound. really hurt me. No, Let's that's Let's reopen it. that. Not to sound like the guy who goes, and I wasn't this guy, but who goes, I didn't want to go to prom anyway. Mm-hmm. They rarely, if ever, hurt me. I'd say probably like 5% of the ones I read, I go, ooh. And it's usually if they like hit something that I is know is a true deficiency in the work. Mm-hmm. Most people are just kind of like off base. But I think we've talked about it before. Like what's more annoying to have somebody you respect, dislike something, and you know they're right, or having somebody who you think is a dummy misunderstand something you're doing and dislike it what's what's more aggravating in your mind somebody who i like yeah but the one i think so too it is that i don't i don't think anybody is right like i something subjective if i cared about what somebody who i admired when i if it's somebody who i admire what their opinion is and they don't like the thing that i did it would be more upsetting to me but I wouldn't say that it's because they're right. It's just their opinion, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just is so, I mean, it's cliche to say that it's subjective, yeah. but isn't it? Like, I don't yeah. know if I feel good about it at the end of the day and go to sleep 
thinking like I did my best for yeah. today, then I feel good. Yeah. I certainly don't question on the other side when somebody has a response to a piece of work. I don't question their response. I don't understand that. Like when somebody comes out of a movie and they really liked it and you disliked it, like bringing up the... I mean, I, I can understand a reasonable discussion of a disagreement about a movie, but I don't get like the idea of like somebody trying to like unconvert somebody to oh, their love right. for something. Like, you like that? What about this? What about that? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like oh, let people same in a way with uh, you know what a religion they practice. It's sort of like oh, if it makes you happy, yeah. Why would I come in and start pointing out why you shouldn't like something? It's it's kind of a bummer, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you can't have like a comfortable dialogue with someone yeah. who has a difference of opinion, then they're not probably not like a good friend. Like, That's I don't know, true. me and my friends disagree about yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. me and you do yeah, yeah. about stuff all the time. And yeah. we're like, you're like, I just thought it was this, this and that. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I thought it was awesome. Well, I know exactly um, how Zach Braff and Mandy Moore felt about the Da Vinci Code because they eavesdropped on them as they walked out of the theater. And who liked it and who didn't? No, this was many years ago. So um, <laughs> uh, they were dating. I, I di- it didn't. Yeah. It, I don't even know if they are. They could be married for all I know. I, I don't even remember. But Mandy Moore liked it and Braff didn't. Yep. And then they broke up that night. I heard them break up over it. They broke up over it. I wouldn't I like know. somebody eavesdropping well, on I, my conversation after a movie I, and talking about it later on a podcast, but I'm so sorry. Aw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get ready for the backlash. The, the scrub heads are going to come out. I love me. Scrubs, by the way. I know you'd be the first. I am a scrub head. You'd be the first one I think after it's me. It's such a funny show. I've laughed. I've cried. Oh, another one of Paul's hobbies is crying. <laughs> <laughs> Paul lives to cry. I, I like. He crying. loves being moved. Yes, and he gets moved so easily. I want to be moved. <laughs> That's true. He. We watched The Parent Trap last night. Paul cried. Uh, yeah, but I was surprised by the lack of crying, and I wanted more. <laughs> I know. I was disappointed at the end. At there the wasn't. End, at the end, I knew you weren't crying, and I was going to say for a second, I was going to be like, Paul, are you crying? But I could hear you behind me. I was looking at my phone. You were behind me, and I would be able to tell even when not looking at you if you were crying or not. Yeah. I'm like, nope, he's not crying. Yeah, I wasn't. But there I was, was really... a point where you were crying. Yeah, I forget what scene it was. I but. once explained, I once, this is like my favorite story, and if I've mentioned it before, you can edit this out, which I probably have. But <laughs> I once told Paul, I described to Paul, he didn't see the commercial, I just described a maxi pad commercial. Tears. <laughs> 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 well, and then you described a Kleenex commercial to me, and I had a period. I had my period. <laughs> Is that weird? Yeah, yeah. silly. <laughs> okay, so we got that. <laughs> Your hobbies we'll put that are under the category of silly. Silly. Your hobbies are the news, directors' canons, and crying. Yeah, five directors' canons. <laughs> <laughs> and crying. Joe Dante and, and crying, and the, uh, those are probably all related. 
I was going to just say filming locations. I think oh those are God, fun. Oh my God, that is another one of yeah. Paul's total hobbies. Yeah. He loves finding where things were shot and going to them mm-hmm. in any city we are at, but especially LA and New York because we never travel. Or just different towns within LA County. Yeah. We'll have different, yeah, yeah. But well, we don't have to talk about it. That, that was, was a really was fun yeah. day, though, when we went to the farm and we picked berries and stuff. And then it started pouring rain. And then on the way home, Paul took me to the poltergeist house. Yes, that was fun. And also, I guess your another hobby is your podcasts with Matt. Well, I was going to say it's so funny. I was just about to say this. You know, you're a, a, a polling information on me like oh what movies do you like to watch and who do you like to talk about in a good way when it's funny that uh amanda's husband has to be the bearer of me just like shouting what i love about movies to him uh three and a half hours a week when we talk about uh, uh the friday 13th and halloween movies on our podcast in Voorhees we trust with gorley and rust and in myers we trust with guyers and rust <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to it now on Stitcher, yes, but okay. Mike, uh, Mike, uh, Matt, and I, uh, we we really get into it, and our po- the episodes are three and a half hours long. I know, they're, they're very way long. Too long. They're way too long. <laughs> it's Critic- insane. <laughs> uh, but when I read the user it's comments, so crazy. they seem to like how long they are, and I wish podcasts went long all the time. I do too, actually. I like, but I like true crime ones. So when they're each episode is really long, I'm like, oof, this is gonna be a brutal. That's how I feel about like uh, anything when something's too, like uh, when somebody's like, oh, uh, such and such a movie is indulgent or whatever. It's like, well, if you love it, then you you're more than happy that it indulges in it. You yep. know? Yeah, indulges. <laughs> that a movie indulges in whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. its you indulgences can, are. If people want to listen to you guys talk for three hours, then Great. Yeah. yeah I've right. never listened to one episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Okay. So now we're going to listen to some emails that people wrote or some phone calls and voicemails that people left about what their hobbies are. Excellent. Hey, this is Kate from Portland, Oregon. One of my hobbies is walking around and looking for free boxes. I'm looking right now. I found a couple tables. Didn't really like them. Some books, but I don't know. We'll see what we'll find. Another thing is that I just thrifted a ton of beads, like plastic, glass beads, weird little strings, stuff like that. And I just like sit at home at night and make bracelets and necklaces. And I've just started making my friends necklaces. I make one almost every day. And it's kind of hard hard to stop once you start. But those are my hobbies. Bye. Kate, I love that hobby. I love that stuff. My... I always, when I see a f- free box, it's hard for me not to look through it. And free furniture. I do get afraid of bed bugs when it's furniture, or maybe that was more of a fear in New York. Hmm. Yeah, it seems to be more of a... No, but the, a free box is so much fun. So much fun. Walking up, and then I think it, what's fun about it, twofold. One, I might find a treasure... Right. I might find it's like treasure hunting. I might find something that I want to put on my shelf and keep for myself, and it'd be so much fun. The second thing is, is you get a little insight into who made that free box. You look through their books, and you go, right. oh, I get kind of right. an idea oh, of who this, this person, person is. this person was into the psychology of trees or yes. whatever. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Totally. I love that. <laughs> or the spirituality of mushrooms. They <laughs> went on a little kick there. I, I like that too. And then the bracelets thing I think is really cool. Yeah. Because if you can find a way to make your hobby a thing that makes your friends happy and you can express your love for your friends, what a nice uh, two birds, one stone. I know it does seem really cathartic to make bracelets and necklaces just be- beating in general. I think that sounds soothing. Yeah. And I like I like the tactile feeling and sound of beads. Yep, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could Sometimes see how putting I just think they're kind of ugly is my issue. I think I could see putting one on a one after another and seeing then a whole string of them put together being really satisfying because in a way, without sounding too pretentious here, it's sort of like what writing is, you kind of like put scene after scene after scene that you think all work together and then you have a nice string of them you can look at them together sorry yeah, edit that make... out forever <laughs> <laughs> till death when you make jewelry you don't have to think um that's true although if you have a pattern you want to do and it's like two blues one green two blues what two green yeah it you just know. is easier but no i do really like that so much it's hard for me to find beads that i think are worthy or maybe I just don't I don't know if I have an eye for jewelry and so I don't wear a lot of it mm-hmm. and I don't wear a lot of beaded things because yeah I just don't yeah. often find beads that yeah I think are well she said that was pretty, interesting but, the vintage beads yeah too. that is a cool because then a, that makes vintage shopping a fun uh, adventure so I love like, um oh, I'm gonna find some fun beads yeah I agree you're right. That's like a good thing to search for. I love looking for cool vintage buttons. I know that's yeah. really like Brooklyn of me, but <laughs> we d- I uh, think they're pretty. There's a Brooklyn, Iowa, by the way. So that'd be funny if that's what you meant. Yeah. I know oh, it's really by Brooklyn, Brooklyn, I mean Brooklyn, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. The funny joke uh, in Iowa when you're driving the highway and you go by the sign that says like exit to Brooklyn, you go, we took a wrong turn somewhere. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, uh, Leslie. This is Bruce Bernardo. I um, I listen to your podcasts, and um, I found it very interesting. I was thinking you might be interested in talking to me at some point. I collect um, insects. I've been collecting insects for over twenty years, but I specifically have um, praying mantises and um, phasmids, which are like walking sticks. But uh, I find them really interesting. And um, anyway, look forward to hearing from you. And um, I hope you uh, your podcast is doing well. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Bruce. Bruce, he sounds like a sweetheart. Bruce. What a nice guy. The boss. The of, boss. Of insects. That's right. I hope your friends call you that. <laughs> Bruce, thank you so much for calling and leaving such a nice message. Yeah. I think your hobby is is so scary. Now, praying manti and the other bug you described that said that you the said was like stick. walking sticks is I mean they're that's really cool that you collect them. I genuinely think that's cool and that you are so passionate about that. And I do think it's cool to see those bugs like praying mantises are rare or is it a certain kind that's rare or something mm. or they I don't know. They're special. Yeah. But they're so scary. Walking sticks are so scary, Bruce. <laughs> and I, that's just, 
you're, not well, a bug lover. Yeah, you're scared of. No, I wouldn't say scared. I'll but, tell uh, you what I'm not scared of. Uh, out of all the bugs, are spiders. Yeah. Because my mom told me when I was growing up, spiders are good luck because they eat other insects. Yeah. No, you've been a big. Uh, I was going to say subscriber, subspider, <laughs> subscriber of the spider, uh, which is that, uh, hey, don't kill a spider. They they actually do the dirty work of killing the bugs that you don't like. Uh, yeah. Snakes, I hate. Snakes freak me out, Not man. Bugs. But bugs don't freak me out. Bugs so, freak so Bruce me talking out. about it, I was like, oh, rap, Bruce. Yeah, man, you're talking my language. Bugs. <laughs> you don't love bugs. It's not like I love bugs, but they like. They just don't scare you. No. No, snakes scare me too, but like most reptiles, except for newts and like tiny <laughs> lizards, most reptiles scare me, but yeah. and snakes are scary, but like bugs are like what we think aliens look like. Like whenever there's a drawing of an alien, they look like an insect. Yeah, or the movie Alien, the way they hatch yeah. and stuff is like bugs. A bug's life. I grew up with cic- doesn't cicadas, sound like a fun cicadas. Life. <laughs> <laughs> bugs life, no fun life. Yeah, I grew up with cicadas. And cicadas, I just found this out, are really interesting that they're like ancient beings that are in the ground and released. Oh, like their their mating call is the sound we hear in the summer. Yep, yep, the sound of the cicadas. I. I do think there's a comfort in the sound. I don't want to see them. I don't want them flying in my face, stinging me, on me. I don't want to be part of their mating ritual in any way. (laughs) A fucking flying roach? No, dude. It's like, oh, here's a water bug that's giant and it flies. And bees, protect them. They make honey. And sting you, yeah. and really, it really, really you hurts. Don't like bees, I hate them. Wasps, they sting you because they want to hurt you. Yeah, they're like, a, oh my god, yeah. they're terrifying. And that new breed of mosquitoes that's now in LA, I definitely don't like that. I but don't like how they're invisible. Praying mantises are gentle. Yeah, and they look kind of godlike they, creatures. They are. They're really. I wonder. I was curious when Bruce was talking about if it was. I would that, never kill a praying mantis if it was live or dead. It. And when he when he gets them, good question. When they're part of his collection, I have to imagine that they're like maybe he naturally lets them die or whatever. I'm not being like peta about this. I'm just I just about like uh, uh, does he put them? He, maybe, how does he ex- display them? Are they like pinned behind? No, glass? maybe he maybe he puts them in like glass jars and. Let's them live until they naturally. Yeah. I mean, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt, Bruce, that you're not Buffalo Bruce. And this isn't Silence of the Lamb podcast. This, the, I don't know. I couldn't think of a pun for that. The, pre- the prequel to Silence of the Lambs is Silence of the Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that is who you are, Bruce. But I do, I because I love your voicemail was so nice, yeah, and I, know. I love that you called in and wanted to talk about it. My podcast or anything, it was about your podcast. It warmed my heart. I know, Bruce. If you want to call back, I can't call you directly, only because I don't call anybody directly, not even my mom, and everybody gets mad at me. But the number for this show is eight four four three seven zero eight six four three. And if you want to tell us a little bit more about how you collect them, what you do with them, when you were first interested in collecting them. I don't know. I'm curious about that. Like what, what, how did this passion come up for you? And does it 
have anything to do with what you do for a living because if it is, it's not filling the void. You know what I mean? Right, right. If he's a bugologist, right. a paid bugologist. Sorry, buddy, you're not it's not the criteria of the podcast. I wonder where you, one finds so many praying mantises and walking Probably stick bugs because they're rare. Church. <laughs> silly. <laughs> two, two sillies and a funny. Two sillies and a funny. I've gotten two sillies and a funny. All right. Okay, let's... Oh. Hey, Leslie. My name is Mary Rose, and I just have to say I am so thankful there's someone else out there that doesn't like cooking. I have a lot of irrational anger about cooking. I think probably because I'm a mom, I have a teenage boy and an almost teenage boy, and I feel bad that I haven't taught them how to, like, cook for themselves, but I hate it so much, and... I'm just thankful for Trader Joe's. I just get all their frozen, delicious meals, and I just heat them up, and I'm done. But you had this really funny comedian on, Kate Berlant. She was great, but, uh, man, it brought up so many of these feelings I have about hating cooking. For example, she said, oh, there's this really easy, like, North African pesto that I make. And as soon as she said it's really easy, I'm like, no, it's not going to be easy. And, of course, it wasn't because then she listed all these ingredients, like spices, that I probably have in my cupboard from the, like, last time I tried to cook three years ago, and so all the spices are, are like, expired. So to make this, I'm going to have to go buy more spices that I'm not going to use for three more years. So I'm already angry about that. And then and then she said something about a preserved lemon. What the hell is that? Oh, I felt so stupid. Like, where am I getting a preserved lemon? Anyway, and then you just pulse it. And then she says you just throw it on some fish, put it in the broiler, done. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm sorry. I am not throwing this on the fish. I don't even know where to begin with that. Long story short, I'm really glad there's someone else in the world that really doesn't like cooking. And it and it just always gets me so frustrated and filled with guilt and shame. But you are out there, so thank you. Anyway, I love your podcast. Thank you for letting me vent. Have a great day. Oh, my God. So Mary funny. Rose, you are speaking my language. She was cracking us up. You're we were so laughing. funny. We were just laughing all throughout that. I could not agree more. First of all, spices cost like $12. <laughs> and so you need a pinch of a spice. And then you go and you put a pinch and then you have this like $1,000 spice, saffron, sitting around. You have nothing else to do with it. And it's collecting dust, and then I guess it expires. I didn't even know that spices expired, but they probably do. I would know that if I ever looked in the cupboard where we have a thousand spices that we never open, and there's yeah. just like two cans of Pam in there <laughs> that I reach in for. I hate cooking. I think it's so smart what Mary Rose said about how she regrets like not teaching her teenage boys mm -hmm. to cook like that's what we need to do we need to teach our mary to, how cook, to cook for to cook for us and she loves our daughter loves food and loves eating and both paul and i don't like her cooking. little kitchen paul setup. likes cooking more than i do that's true agree yep yeah i cooked this today but you're not trying to like go out on a limb I'm and not... cook like south african pesto right and it's not like i'm necessarily like Having a blast, <laughs> right? You know, like uh, you know, when she, when you were d describing having a spice that you may never touch and it gets dusty, I thought, oh, it's probably. I try to sometimes think, 
well, what passion do I have that's equal to that and like similar? And I guess it would be like, oh, there's some DVDs I have that I might not watch for 10 years, Mm -hmm. but I like the idea that it's within my collection and in my reach for my passion. Yeah. And so I bet for some people, no, I don't either for spices, but I bet somebody's like, ooh, it feels good to know I have some saffron when I need it. I guess. (laughs) It's also like, yeah, just throw some preserved lemon on it. Also don't know what that is. Throw it on some fish, throw it in the broiler and like you're done. And it's like, no, then you have to set your timer for 45 minutes, which means you have to get up again. So you can't really complete a task because who can get like, what yeah. can you do in 45 minutes? Well, and also uh, to speak to her, if she has any anxiety about not teaching her teenage sons about how to cook, you know, uh, just because you would love cooking doesn't necessarily even mean you would teach that to your... Like, my mom uh, is a good cook and likes to cook. She but doesn't it, really love it as much as we think she does. Well, I think that's the dilemma of any, right, when you're looking at your mom. It's like, oh, how much was she enjoying her? Or how much was she just right. being a good mom and, like, being, you know, like being there? But, like, I did feel like, you know, she didn't teach me how to cook. So even... Because what what, what, I had right. zero interest in it. So I'm saying... Don't I don't feel think bad. Your Rose's teenage kids co- might not even give a shit. No, I don't think that she even cooks. She was like, right. I do frozen meals or right. whatever because they need to eat. Like, we need to provide. Yes. Whereas, like, Paul and I would probably be dead at this point because neither of us. <laughs> not only do we not like cooking, we don't like. It's. We don't like. We. Yeah. I mean, we do. We just don't like talking or thinking about food and, like, I'm going to move on only because I probably spend more time talking <laughs> about how I don't like talking about food than anything, which is ironic. And I don't want to live in that kind of space. Yeah. But um, but I do want to know early if Mary Rose lives in L.A. because I feel like we should be friends. Yeah. And very early on in our relationship, I think we were both like, God, I wish there was just a pill you could eat that like filled you up for five hours and you didn't have to think... And I still stand by that. Like, I don't find enough pleasure in the taste and eating of food, which I know sounds like, I find no pleasure in eating food. Yeah, but, but like, like, nothing is ever really so good unless you're, like, unless you love to cook or you're spending a lot of money going to a good place. The one time I think you and me do find pleasure in eating would be, like, room service can be very tantalizing. And maybe that's how some people view food all the time is, like... That level of... Uh, we love eating in bed yep, yeah. or in our room. But um, I loved the food delivery service that we used to get. And that was such a great solution. Yeah. Munchery, I think. And they yeah. shut down. So we're back to anorexia. <laughs> That's <Next>. not true. <laughs> um, all right. Here we go. If people keep calling in, we can do this like um, once My obsessive hobby is finding... Real life locations where movie scenes were shot. Uh, it started in New York, which is an easy one. Almost everywhere you turn, you can see something that that's been featured in a film. Um, but I've made special trips. Uh, a highlight would be going out to Rhode Island to visit all the locations from uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Um, I'm planning on going out to Atlanta to the Atlanta area to see. All the Stranger Things locations. I like hunting down movie locations. Great podcast, and um, yeah, that's my two cents. Oh, 
I wish I knew that guy's name. A man name. after my own heart. Sir, I hope you listen to this because I'm going to let Paul talk about it for a second because that's his hobby too. And it's just a coincidence that. Yeah, what a nice little bit of. We did that. And kismet. I don't know your name, but we'll call you. What if it was Movie. me? <laughs> <laughs> I just like vocal pitched. I did a different pitch to my voice. <laughs> did you hear my joke though? What? I was like, we'll call you Movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yours so, was funnier. Movie. So, Paul, maybe tell movie what some of your favorite locations that you have been to um well i'm a big like you said brian de palma fan and body double this movie that brian double did brian de double did uh um is a love letter a valentine to los angeles locations and there was one that i and I'll only mention this one, but it was, I'd watch the movie and go, I wonder where that is. I wish I could figure out where that is. And meanwhile, the whole time there was a road that I would walk by and I'd go, that is such a pretty street. And I never put together that they were the same thing until oh, that's uh, cool. I, I found out online and I was like, oh, okay. What street is it? It's uh, sort of up in the hills of Hollywood. Uh, it's like a, a brick wall. That's like, um, I think it's for the stretch of the house that's containing it, but it's just like for a long block, half a block. It's just like this really pretty uh, brick wall. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And it's during a cool part of the the movie. You know what location I love? That's Hmm. not a movie location, (laughs) but it's the Black Dahlia. Oh, yeah. If anybody hasn't listened to the Root of Evil podcast and they like true crime and murders, it is the best it's the best one that ever lived. Mm-hmm. And the house is, it's, our house is right in the same neighborhood. And like, I passed it by every single oh, day. Yeah. And then one day we were like, that's it. That's the house. That's so and cool. it's so different than every other house. Yet it's so easy to miss for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? You and should be able to see so it. So like- much crazy shit went down. Like, like black sex, sex magic black sex magic yeah yeah with like salvador dali and stuff yeah and it's they, so cool and they believe they were like the the most serial form of art is murder yeah they were like the <laughs> the highest form of art yeah is murder um, they're not wrong locations like whether they be filming or like yeah, historical tell me about some other ones no 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 i just meant like going to them yeah. i think what when he said like the moonlight key Moonrise Kingdom, I thought, I get that because I would be like, the feelings I get watching that movie to go to that actual place, you get kind of like a contact high or something off yeah. of being around that area. You're like, oh, I'm sort of... It's romantic. Getting, yeah. And I'm getting to enjoy the movie like how I enjoyed it, but in a different way and in a way, a more tactile way or something. Yeah. Like yeah. when we go to the LA River, it's like, mm, this is gross. But then you're like, oh, this is where they did the drag race in Greece. I'm like, yeah. this place rules. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think it, it is fun to imagine if you like worship John Travolta like I do. Yeah. If you go to the LA River or something and or the Marshall High School field and you go, I know at the very least John Travolta like was here. Oh it's, my like, God, very Paul cool. has the biggest crush on John Travolta, past, present, and future. Every girl I've ever dated, I've said this to you, 
every girl I've ever dated, I've always been more into John Travolta than them. <laughs> There's always a moment where I'll go like, and John Travolta, I mean, what a handsome, and he's so talented, and he's a great singer, and dance, like, how could he have it all? And they'll be like, uh, I think that dimple in his chin is weird. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. Uh, but He was so good in Greece. Yeah. And I heard he's great in Hairspray. I've not seen it. I just think there's no person who has that level of movie star charisma that also has a sensitivity and a vulnerability that is like those com- that combo. Oh boy. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, but Philip Seymour Hoffman's not like a matinee I- idol looking. You're guy. right. Okay, we have to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, it is time. <laughs> oh, he, you're right. He doesn't. He didn't have. He doesn't have the Scientology good looks. You're right. Well, he played a founder right. of he did Scientology. Play a master like, yes. of Scientology. I wonder if the, wink through the microphone. I wonder if that's what you do. You think that was the train no, of thought? I'm trying to think of somebody. I was gonna say Tom Cruise, but he doesn't have that. I mean. Don't get me wrong. He's everything. And I love him. He's my favorite actor up yeah. there. Tom Cruise is great, too. Also, you know what? I had a, in my dream, Brad Pitt and Leonardo were I was at the Oscars, <coughs> but it was totally empty because like movies aren't cool anymore or something. And for some reason, I was presenting and I was wearing like <laughs> jeans and sneakers. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio were in the front like they were like best friends oh they were hanging out together i hope at the oscars i think they're cool with each other i think so i think so when you were saying that uh, uh dressing up at the oscars in jeans you know when somebody does something like revolutionary this is a 20 year old gripe i think but when people were like bjork in her swan dress it's like she knows no, she knows it's her unusual. Swan dress was amazing, and it's not like you got her by pointing out that the swan dress was a little quirky. Oh boy! No, she was. It drives a, me bananas, and it still because, comes up every year. They'll be like the worst dressed Oscars list: Bjork swan dress. It's like oh, no, she's so cool. That swan dress is iconic. And yeah, it was dope. People, whenever there's like worst dressed, best dress, it's like all homogenized boring basic bullshit like it's not i don't even i don't even know if they exist anymore but if they do they're not for me our kid is crying we have to go we have to go she's been sitting alone in a corner ever since we started this podcast kind babysitter watching after we gotta go call the number i'll talk to you guys soon love you paul thank you this was fun les you're the love of my life you're the love of my life okay bye Never miss an episode of Filling the Void. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Rate, review, and tell a friend. It really helps. Filling the Void is an Erios production. With editing by Molly Hockey and original music by Michael Cassidy. An Erios original. Powered by ACAST.